0: Thanks for joining us today at Launch Point Church in Lebanon, Tennessee. We believe the Bible is the written word of God, without error, and useful for every part of our lives. We believe that through learning and teaching of the word, others might come to know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Thanks again and enjoy today's message from Pastor Jim Cuban. And so we've been in a series titled, Redeeming Our Time, Taking Back Our Sabbath. How many of you guys feel like you don't have time to do everything on your list? That you have way more stuff than you have hours in a week? Can I tell you why? I'm going to sum up my whole sermon in just a couple sentences, and then I'm going to go back and explain it. I'm going to tell you this. The reason why is because you haven't trusted God with your Sabbath. You haven't been able to have enough time because you think you can do more in seven than God can do in six. This is a sin of all of us from time to time. We think for whatever reason that the God that told us to work six days and rest on the seventh isn't going to provide for us on the seventh or that there's not going to be enough time in the sixth to make enough money to allow the seventh to meet our needs fact of the matter is we don't meet our need anyway God meets our need so what we have to do is trust in him remember his goodness which is what we talked about the last time is that the Sabbath requires remembering because the commandment is remember the Sabbath and keep it holy and as we remember God's faithfulness to us his past faithfulness to us I don't know about you guys but God's been faithful to me before I knew God God was faithful to me God gave me breath in my lungs and made me capable and brought me to a place where I could know him, which is good to me. He was good to me. He is good to me. And his word promises that he'll always be good to me. God's faithfulness can both be tested and proven true. And as we realize that faithfulness, we can rest in the seventh day man I I I don't feel like there's enough time to explore the depth of that truth but God provides for us stop trying to provide for yourself you don't have what it takes to meet your own need the strength that you have comes from God the ability the, the intellect that you have comes from God. trust him in the sixth. believe him in the seventh. amen So today I want to continue this conversation that we started having with a with a sermon titled the Sabbath is holy. Like I told you the, we're going to be teaching today from Exodus 23 through 11 which is where the commandments actually are originally, in Isaiah 58, 13-15 or 13-14 through 14, if you want to go ahead and turn there I'll get there in just a second so we're going to talk about the Sabbath being holy the Sabbath is holy because the Lord of the Sabbath is holy and anything that God sets aside to himself is holy did you know you're holy? did you know God sets you aside to himself which makes you holy which means that he's made you his that he's consecrated you That he's honored you above all other creatures to belong to him. He is holy and has made you holy. Somebody ought to get excited about that. The God creator of the universe decided this guy right here, this one that isn't worth anything, that society has written off, that is a drunkard, a whoremonger, a heroin addict, Whatever your sin used to be, I I can redeem him. I will redeem him. Matter of fact, I'll not just redeem him. I will bring him to me. And I will set him apart as mine. That's beautiful. What do we have to do in order to find rest? True rest. Trust that truth. And so, I want to talk to you about that today. By making three points again out of the text that we talked about how to keep the Sabbath holy first one I want to tell you is we keep the Sabbath holy as we acknowledge God as we take the time to acknowledge the God that loves us in the text of Exodus that we discussed just moments ago and I know that wasn't a long intro but I don't have time for one today. Verses, starting in verse 3. He starts, You shall have no other gods before me. You shall, make, you shall not make for yourself an idol or any likeness of what is in heaven above or on the earth, beneath or in the water, under the earth. You shall not worship them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children on the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. But showing loving kindness to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the Lord's name in vain, the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And I'm going to stop right there. I want to talk to you about this in regards to acknowledging God. I believe that the Word of God is inspired by the Spirit of God. Can we agree on that? The Bible tells us that, Second Timothy 3.16 tells us that the Word is Spirit-breathed, which means that it's perfect in everything, in the way that it's written, in the style that it's written, in the format that it's written, in the order that it's written. It's perfect because it's perfectly inspired by a perfect God. Which means that the order of these commandments have to be for a reason. They have have to make sense. So what is God telling us in the order of these commandments? This is what He's saying to us. He says, you shall have no other gods before me. I am God, and you won't have another God. And then He continues, you shall shall not make for yourself an idol. Which is really a sub- command to the first command because if you truly recognize God is God you wouldn't want another idol you wouldn't need another idol and you're all man I wouldn't worship an idol would you not because I've seen people in this room worship their job over the commandments of God I've seen people in this room worship their spouse over the commandments of God I've seen people in this room worship money over the commandments to be obedient to God. So we all need to pay attention to everything in the scripture because the idol doesn't mean that you carve something that looked like an eagle and bow down in front of it. An idol is whatever is placed over the Godhead in your life. And so he says, I am God. You're not going to make any other God besides me. Stop trying. They don't have any power to affect your life. You shall not take the name of you shall not take my name in vain. And people say, "Oh no, I'd never say that." Would you not? Because to take a Lord's name in vain is it to cuss using God's name. It's to not give God's name the reverence that it deserves. To not give it the full weight of what it deserves. If I'm surprised and I go, oh Lord, that's using the name of the Lord in vain. Because I haven't given the name of God the full weight it deserves. Unless God is used in worship coming out of your mouth, you should shut your mouth. Sure. Amen. <laughs> I'm not going to say who it was, but I looked over here at clay. And he was off. I get a little excited sometimes, guys, but I believe that the word of God is true. And as we do these things, he says, if you'll acknowledge me in these things, I'm going to give you the command that's for your benefit. I'm going to give you a day of rest. Trust me. Rely only on me. Don't raise anything above me. Give me the full weight that I deserve and I'll set aside a day for you that's holy so that you can rest how are we doing that's really the question isn't it how are we doing do we have idols in our life have we raised something above God because let me tell you if you raise something above God and expect God to bless you he won't he'll topple whatever that is first probably at your pain and expense Move you to a point of discipline, break you completely to where you recognize that He's the only one that you have and the only one that you need. I've seen it over and over and over again. People come in here, they're broken. They're just absolutely devastated. Something's happened in their life. They've heard a rumor of hope here. And so they come to church and they find the hope that they're looking for. And they start growing they start studying they start fellowshipping they start doing all the one another commandments in scripture and then their life starts getting better and they get blessed they get a new job their wife comes back home whatever it is and then they're blessed right back out the door we can't do that we have to keep that which is holy holy we do that by acknowledging the God that we serve when was the last time you spent time just meditating on how awesome the God is that you serve I mean really meditating when was the last time you worshipped God and I mean really worshipping when I say meditating I don't mean some fleeting thought not that I would ever say that that's wrong you should have continual fleeting thoughts But I mean, take time, set it aside and think how good God has been in your life. That's the purpose of the Sabbath. To take the time to acknowledge God and to worship Him for everything that He's given you. And when I say worship, I don't mean just hang out at your house, sing some songs. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it has to be more than that. Worship is, as we have talked before, it's the release of your imagination to God. how big he is imagine how big God is these things happen as we meditate and worship God as we take time during our Sabbath to acknowledge God your God is so big so mighty, so powerful that he knows every planet in every universe or every planet in every solar system in the universe he knows every moon around every planet He knows every rock on every moon, every mountain on every rock, and every pebble on every mountain. Knows what it's made of, what color it is, and how much it weighs. All at the same time. He knows how many hairs you have on your head, the name of your hands carved in the palm of his hand. His thoughts of you are greater than the sand of the seashore. How often do you think a guy, the same guy that crawled up on a cross. Allowed the skin to be removed from his body. Nails pierced into his hands. Blasphemed. Stripped naked in public. Whipped, beaten some more. This is the guy that we're called to worship. A God that did all of that for one reason, because he loves you. Deserves our worship. And it deserves to be acknowledged. Sabbath ain't just about rest rest comes with acknowledging God's holiness that he's perfect that he's magnificent that he's capable I don't have to worry about what happens on the seventh day because as I take the seventh day I realize how big God is in my life and he's huge man I know that's the understatement of the day but he's huge man and he's beautiful Imagine the most beautiful thing you've ever laid your eyes on. God made that with a thought. And the most beautiful thing you've ever laid your eyes on probably isn't the most beautiful thing He's ever made. We come to know God when we acknowledge God. We we redeem our time when we remember God that the Sabbath is to be holy, to be set aside for God's purpose. Can I tell you, there's dangerous things that happen when we don't set aside what we're supposed to set aside for God's purpose. As I was writing this lesson, I was reminded of Daniel. And I'm going to paraphrase this story for you. But in Daniel chapter 5, Many of you are familiar with this story. Belshazzar was the king. He was the son of Nebuchadnezzar. And Belshazzar is having a party at his house, his castle, wherever, whatever he's doing. And he's surrounded by his friends, his noblemen, his wife, a bunch of prostitutes, and they're partying. He said, man, it's a good time. We're having a good time. There's only one thing going to make this time better. He said, I want you to go get the utensils that my father Nebuchadnezzar took out of the temple of the one true God and bring them here. We're going to party with those to show God how big we are. They didn't acknowledge that which was holy. You know what happened? Long, short, and skinny of it. God showed up. Because he wasn't going to have that which he set aside for himself misused. And he wrote on the wall in verse 30 of that chapter it says and that very night Belshazzar died God doesn't deal with us like that anymore because we're in a different time we're in a time of grace but if you think you don't still serve that same judgmental God that same absolute God you're wrong death is the final consequence of your disobedience of your flippancy of our flippancy. I don't want to be pointing fingers. But death is still the consequence. How do we ensure this doesn't happen? By ensuring what God set aside is holy. Stays holy. And we don't use it for our own pleasure. That's what Daniel. That's what Belshazzar did. And it cost him his life. So we keep the Sabbath Holy as we acknowledge God we keep the Sabbath holy as we are obedient to God Isaiah 58 3 reads like this let me tell you kind of run down 58 58 God is telling the people through through Isaiah he's all I appreciate the fact that you're fasting and that you're taking a Sabbath and you're doing all the religious observances and all that kind of stuff but your heart ain't in it so I don't care that's redneck ease that's about as best I can do for you he says you're putting ash on your head you're doing all this stuff but at the end of the day you're not actually remembering me you're just trying to look good in front of your friends I don't care about your sacrifice I want your heart I don't want your fast I want your heart I don't want you to practice the laws of the Sabbath I want you to take a Sabbath and he commands it in verse 13 he says if because of the Sabbath you turn your foot from doing your own pleasure on my holy day everybody say my holy day that's a capital M God that's his holy day not our holy day and call the Sabbath a delight the holy day of the Lord honorable and honor it desisting from your own ways from seeking your own pleasure and from speaking your own word well that doesn't sound like a commandment to me let me tell you, you're not going to find anywhere in Scripture where God says, if, it's not a commandment. I used to work for a guy named Pastor Maury Davis. And he was a thrill. I actually love my pastor. But he would say stuff, he'd come into my office every now and then. He goes, you know, you, if you did such and such, your ministry would be a lot more fruitful. You know, if you did such and such, it would look better. You know, if you move the usher over here instead of over there, he'd be more productive. You know what those weren't? Those weren't suggestions. He worded them as suggestions, just so I didn't feel like a child. So anytime God says if, it's exact, he, he's commanding us to do something. This is what he's telling us. If you'll take out the word if, or at least pay attention to it in context to who's speaking it, He says, turn your foot from doing your own pleasure on my holy day. Call the Sabbath a delight. Honor it, desisting from your own ways, seeking your own pleasure, and speaking your own word. Be obedient to me. Be obedient to me. You're all, I don't want to be obedient. American culture hates obedience and submission. But you know what? You're not part of American culture. You're part of kingdom culture. And it doesn't matter whether you like being obedient or not. You're called to be an obedient people. As a matter of fact, to say you belong to God and not be obedient means you're a liar. That's what the Word of God says. You're all, man, I'm 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 visiting here. You can't talk to me like that. Well, there are other churches around here that will massage you. This is not it. 1 John 2, 4 says, The one who says, I have come to him... And does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. I don't even have to elaborate that text. Tell God you belong to him and then tell him. I, I belong to you, but I'm not going to do that. It's like me saying, I belong to you, but I'm going to sleep with who I want. You know who I'm not going to belong to very long? I'm going to be dead. Ain't going to be nobody I can belong to. She tells me, she goes, no, you ever do anything stupid like that? I'm out. Telling all your friends. My point is, we're called to be obedient. And this is how we should act in our Sabbath if we're going to redeem our time. We're to turn our foot from doing our own pleasure on the holy day. This creates a pretty significant rub with folks. I can't do the stuff I enjoy doing. God tells you there's a lot of stuff you can't do that you'd normally enjoy doing. Why are you all wrapped up in this one? But you know what I can promise you? That if you chase after God and acknowledge Him long enough, that the desires of your heart will become the desires of His heart. And you will do on the Sabbath what He desires from you. And you'll find joy in it. Isn't that incredible? It's incredible. I love, I love the word, man. Then he says, call the Sabbath a delight, which means take joy in it. The Sabbath shouldn't be drudgery for us. Man, I get up on Sunday, I go to church and do the stuff. The Sabbath is to be a joy. God gave you a day to rest. Desist from your own ways. Keeping your own pleasure and speaking your own word. That means don't do what you want to do. Do what God commands you to do. And this whole from speaking your own word that means for just one day can you keep that idle chit chat to yourself? Can you shut the gossip up in your mouth? Can you stop with the dissension for just one day? Can the words that you use on the Sabbath day be beneficial to your brother, be encouraging to your brother, be loving to your brother? I think that 90% of the church's problems would be solved if we did the Word of God, if we were long-suffering with one another, which means literally to say, you know what, I'm going to assume that they didn't mean what that sounded like. But I'm going to go talk to them to make sure that we're okay. You're carrying around an offense in church about something somebody said to you three years ago. I guarantee you, if you go talk to them right now, they're going to be all, what are you talking about, man? And you spent three years not even being able to talk to a guy, a guy or a girl that God sent to partner with you to grow his kingdom. That's a little bit of a rant. Apologize for that. But it's true. Amen. You know what's awesome? We don't only serve an if God, we serve an if then God. If you'll do what I tell you, then I'll bless you. Isn't that good? If you do what I tell you, then I'll bless you. If You'll declare Jesus Christ is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Then you shall be saved. Even John 3 16, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life, as an if then paradigm. If you believe this, then you will have everlasting life. Every command of God comes with a then promise or a then curse. But God has blessed us with a blessing for those who keep the Sabbath. Verse 14 says like this, which is my final point, that to keep the Sabbath holy is to be blessed. Then you will take the delight of the Lord. Then you will take delight in the Lord. And I will make you ride on the heights of the earth. And I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. That's Old Testament speak. You know what that says? It says, if you'll do what I tell you to do, if you'll maintain the Sabbath, if you will hold it aside, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you abundantly. It's going to be amazing. You're going to be so surprised. You're going to wonder why you didn't give up that seventh day years ago. He says, I will make you ride on the heights of the earth, which is to say that he was going to lift you above The trifling mess that you live in. That he's going to protect you from your enemy. That there's nothing going to be able to come against you. It's going to be eternal or matter. I don't know about you guys, but I got some stuff I'd love to be transcendent over. I'd love to look down on. I'd like to be done with. I'd like to be swept away. And he says, and I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father. Which means every promise I gave Jacob for protection and provision will belong to you. How do I redeem the time? I believe that the Sabbath is holy because it is holy. I trust that what God says he'll do, he'll do. That he'll raise me above the problem and bless me beyond measure and he will you know why because he's not a man that he should lie he's the same when this book was written as he is right now my prayer for you is that you take the time to do what we've discussed to go home if this is your Sabbath day go home acknowledge God I want you to spend time imagining if you can how awesome your God is. And then when you've spent two hours doing that, just two hours, I want you to ask yourself, do I really need to work on the seventh or can he take care of me? If you waited and really thought for two hours, there's no other conclusion you can come to than the fact that he's going to take care of you in this seventh. Amen?